Well, welcome back to On Point. My name is David Peck, and we have a special guest here with us today, a writer, director, producer. He's a storyteller. Anthony Shim is here to talk about his new film, his award-winning film, Rice Boy Sleeps, uh, fresh off of the Toronto International Film Festival. Anthony, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Hey, before we get into a little bit about the festival and so on, can you give us a little bit of context around the film? What is, what is this film, Rice Boy Sleeps, about? It clearly award-winning and well-received. The Platform Prize at TIFF. You're off on a festival tour of sorts, which I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit about. But how about give us a little bit of context on the film? So Rice Boy Sleeps is the story of a uh, Korean immigrant mother, a single mother, and her and her adolescent son, um, and they're and the journey living in Canada in the early 90s, throughout the 90s, and ultimately going back to their home country for the first time. And it's it's uh, loosely autobiographical, um, okay. partially, you know, semi-autobiographical. Semi, the, yeah, okay. The, the semi-autobiographical is the technical term that I've been using. Um, and, um, and it's inspired by uh, stories and events of experiences of, you know, a lot of other immigrant friends and family that I grew up with in Canada. Yeah. Is so I want to I want to get to the semi autobiographical stuff in a minute, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we'll go a little deeper on the film. But I think that 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 sets it up. I mean, and by the way, congratulations! It's it's a it's a beautiful and compassionate film. It's stunning. It really is. The performances are off the charts. The the cinematography is is gorgeous. So yeah, well done and congrats on so many levels. Um, so tell us a little bit about TIFF. How how crazy was that? I I I was back for the first time in what about three years, and it was so yeah. great to see people on the street again, and shows being sold out, and and, and and interviews happening around you. There was a buzz. How 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 was your experience here in Toronto? My experience, I feel like, was probably different from the rest of my team in that. It was just so much happening all the time, and it was just it was, it was quite overwhelming the amount of energy and 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 there was, was so much positive energy also you know being given towards sure. our film and and to me which which was incredible. Um, I just never experienced something like that. You know, I've spent my entire career in the you know the past twenty years as a as largely you know working in theater. Um, where you're working in complete obscurity and, and nobody outside of your small community <laughs> right. knows you're even doing anything right. to, you know, this sort of uh, uh, festival with that much press and media attention. It was, it was really something else. And, and, and I was quite exhausted by the end. Yeah. I, I bet any, any moments really stand out for you? Any parties that you were able to attend or were you just too exhausted to even go Honestly, to those? Oh, after the first two nights, you know, we try to attend the events that, you know, we felt like we should attend. Sure, sure, of course. That. Yeah. But then after the first two nights, I, I just, I just, I said to everyone, I was like, do what you need to do, but I am no, I am not attending any more parties. <laughs> right. I, I will not be able to sustain these 10 days yeah, if yeah, I yeah. go into parties every night. Yeah, um, no, I bet. So, yeah, I stopped going to parties, but really this, you know, the really memorable moment for me throughout the whole festival was the the first screening okay um it was the first time that i'd watched it with an audience and wow it was the first time that you know aside from you and our our lead or you know it's the first time our two boys got to see the film it was the oh. first time that a lot wow. of our crew wow. that were there oh that's super film. cool yeah i had i had close friends and family members in that live in toronto that were able to attend um 
and it was yeah it was such a special evening yeah i bet um there was yeah there was a lot of emotion and uh a lot of hugging and a lot of <laughs> can you believe this kind of moment can you believe we actually made this that's great so well what i'm yeah. amazed by is you, that you remember um uh, some of what happened like uh, uh i would imagine it's a little like um well i hear you have you've got a wedding coming up by the way congratulations on that as Thank well <laughs> but i would imagine it's a little like that you know you get to the end of the day and you go okay did we just get married like what just happened because it's right. so fast right and it's so yeah. busy and there's so many people and there's questions and there's photos and there's there's just all these emotions these ups and downs but it's it's wonderful that you're you're able to to draw from that night at least and that you were able to share it with so many yeah i mean i, I really made a conscious effort to be as present and aware as possible nice. because i knew yeah. i knew this was a it was going to be a special evening uh and a, and a moment in a time that i knew you know, I'd be able to look back on 10, 20, 30 years from now and go like, wow, like, remember that night, you know? Right. Well, yeah. and what, well I want to say remember and, ha you know, be able to actually remember. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Not just show people the photos. So yeah. when when you described, so you described a little bit for us and the, the audience uh, what, what the film is, Rice Boy Sleeps. Um, what, what is it to you? I mean, it's it's clearly gone through uh, a lot of different iterations you know you're the screenwriter it's semi-autobiographical so drawing from your own life and other people's experience um, for me it's it, you know it's a family movie it's about community and friendship and parenting and, and 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 compassion and trauma i mean there's so many layers anthony uh, that 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 work so well together um yeah how do you how do you describe it to people well, I've been, I've been saying that, you know, it's, it's a film about generational trauma and adult grief and really, you know, in its simplest uh, description, it would be, you know, a, a mother and son were searching for a home and it, you know, the, the, one of the opening lines by the lead characters and the final line of the movie, you know, touches on that idea of, you know, you know, where and what is a home, what is our home, um, and, and, and ultimately finding it. Um, and I think that comes from my own experience of moving kind of all over the place that we, I, you know, I mean, I moved a lot, even in, before coming to Canada in Korea as a young, as a young boy, and then moving all the way, you know, to a different country where I didn't speak the language. And I was removed, you know, separated from all of my relatives and everything that I knew to be my life and, and then moving around a lot in BC as well. And just trying to understand as a child, you know, like where is home to me? And, um, and it took me a long time to kind of figure that one out thinking maybe it's my home is in Korea. Maybe my home's in Vancouver. Um, but really, you know, as, as I said this before, once it's like as corny as it sounds, you know, there's that, cheesy saying you know home is where you know the, the the heart is and i think it's i think people say it because it is true um I, I may not have a physical place that i could say like that is my home um but i do i do you know there are people and places that i do say you know that's where it is for me so i think it's a search of that is you know that's what i'm i try to you know take from my own experiences and put into the movie so there's there's a couple uh, scenes uh, for me in the film that um, are are heartbreaking. Um, the 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 uh, is it grade one? 
going in, seeing some of the stereotypical kind of responses of the grade one teacher, the, 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 the can I say the systemic racism as well, the, the assumptions that are made by the principal and, and, and I'm not even sure where they're coming from, but, but these are heartbreaking scenes really. When you, when you look from the outside looking in, um, is that the, kind of trauma that you're talking about and dealing with? Are you talking more about sort of a family or, or a family kind of a trauma, generational trauma, or is it kind of all mixed in together for you? I, I, I do think it is all mixed in. I think it is all connected. Um, but it's interesting that when it comes to the school stuff, that it's not only yourself, but it's a lot of people who have been seeing that they've, you know, people have found it so heartbreaking to see this, this, you know, Korean mother and son dealing with you know, the, the school teachers and, and whoever else. And to me, I never saw it that way. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And maybe it's because I experienced it right. personally, but I always wanted to believe that, that the teachers were doing their best to help me assimilate, you know, even with the name, you know, my name is Anthony. I wasn't born with that name. I was given that name by my school teacher. Um, but at the same time, my parents welcomed it because, you know, the teacher said this will help him fit in better because the right. kids are making fun of his Korean name because it sounds foreign. It sounds funny to them. And so here's a solution to help him fit to... in better and not be teased as much. And, you know, my parents had no reason to think otherwise. They said, yeah. oh, of course, yeah. like we will gladly accept your help in in finding a new name and because we didn't know anything we didn't like sure sure you know there's the michael jordan scene that the michael jordan like, the michael jordan yeah. scene's great um tell, tell us a little bit about michael jordan and how that plays into the film anthony well so you know it was encouraged that i adopt a a, a more western right. name and right. because our family didn't know any um they the teacher that i had recommended four different names you know she wrote four names down on, on, on the piece of paper and and they're the ones that are mentioned in the film, except substitute the character's name, David, for Anthony. Okay. Um, and I didn't like any of them. And it similar to the movie, you know, the other three options that we wanted to go with had all been taken by our fa immigrant family friends. Right, um, right. And so Anthony was the last <laughs> one. But I hated it because it, you know, it had TH in it and it's hard to pronounce for Korean people. Um and so, you know, my mom said, so then what do you want, you know, if, if, if you hate all these names and you pick your name and, and the only name I, names I really knew that my friends told me were, our, our other Korean friends told me were, you know, names like Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> right. And actually it wasn't Michael Jordan, it was actually Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. There you go. And, you know, and I thought, you know, well, you know, like, can I be Michael Jackson then? Right. Right. And, you know, I was like, no, that's absurd. You, you know, <laughs> you can't be named Michael Jackson. And because I didn't understand the concept of first name, last yeah. name. Sure, sure, sure. Um, right. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So then in the film, I changed it to Michael Jordan just because, you know, I didn't want there to be any unintentional, you know, uh, Michael Jackson assumptions. Right, right, um, right. No, that make, makes sense. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it all came from. Well, it, it's it just, it's a fascinating uh, uh um, part of your story, but part of the film and part of Rice Boy Sleeps as well. It's something that, you know, 
many Canadians don't have to deal with, something I certainly didn't have to deal with. And so this immigrant experience of coming to a new country and, and as you say, trying to find home, I think that's really beautiful. You know, your comment about that's what ultimately on a certain level, that's what this film's about. Because I'm with you. I think you're right. And I think we're all in some way trying to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. you know, with my family, I, I have a home here and I've got a wife, Elizabeth, and we have two kids and, and, but, but I'm also still, there's a part of me still trying to get somewhere, you know, you know, you two yeah. song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's just, there's always this, this, this thing. And, and I wonder, I really do, Anthony wonder if you hit the nail on the head, is it home that we're all searching for on some level? Yeah. I mean, I use that term home, but, you know, maybe some people you want to use the term tribe, you know, finding your own tribe or, you know, finding your roots. Finding your roots. Yep. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are words that are commonly used. Um, But I think we are. I mean, I think we, you know, we live at a time in a society where it's so easy to feel isolated and and displaced. Um, Sure. Even if you're born, living in the place that you're born, you know, you, you know, you can, one can feel so removed from your society. And, and so I think we are all trying to find our own tribes and understand, you know, what our roots are, who, you know, where our roots are. Um, and I think that comes in the, in various forms for different people, but, you know, with this film, I wanted to explore it on a, on a cultural level. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, you, can you talk a little bit uh, of the about the cultural trauma about the that um i mean i know there's there's generational trauma there's intergenerational trauma there's transgenerational trauma there's a lot of different ways of looking at these types of of issues these mental health issues and so on but um have yeah, from a Korean perspective with, you know, the, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work in Cambodia and seeing the, the impact of, of the civil war and of the Khmer Rouge on the country itself is it's, it's, it's tragic. And it's, you can't, you can't meet anyone who wasn't impacted in some way. Did that play into this story? I mean, did it play into your story, but does it play into Rice Boy Sleeps as well? So you're referring to sort of like going back to generation, previous yeah, generations speaking, or to just yeah, my own experiences? You're, well, your own experience, but, but, but from a, from a cultural perspective as well, from a, from a South Korean perspective as well, you know, with respect to the Korean war and, and just the, the impact of that and just how far back, you know, do the, do these uh, dots go and do they, do they connect? If that makes sense. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, that's a part of what I'm trying to figure out as sure. well still. Yeah. And, and it, I've had similar conversations with my mom about it of, you know, like I wonder if you know we we've discussed directly you know the trauma that our grand my grandparents felt I, I you know I've said like I wonder if that's kind of if I've carried that on and if I do you know live with some of that pain um, I'm not sure like I and then and then if that has in any way connections to my own personal experiences growing up and. It's hard to know, but you know, I'm still, you know, investigating that part of my my journey. Um, but you know, I, you know, what did prompt me to explore this, the trauma aspect of the film was I, I'm just kind of remembering this as as you're asking the question is, um, you know, we I was on a I was I was in another country, I was in Brazil, um, at a festival, and um, I was with a couple of friends of mine from our producing team and we were at a Japanese restaurant there and um 
and I had I was, I was thinking loosely about Rice Boy Sleeps and, and wanting to write the story. And then I witnessed um, these two people at this restaurant. They were Caucasian. Um, I'm not sure what their nationality is, but you know, just by appearance. And, and they were posing at this Japanese restaurant. They, they were taking pictures of themselves while doing the slanty eyes. If you know those listeners might not know what I'm referring to, but it's when you pull your eyelids, eyes, eyes to the side. Um, to mimic Asian people's eyes. And I saw this and I had, it had been so long since I'd, I'd seen that because people don't really do that in Canada anymore. Cause it's just so I sure. I sure <laughs> hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I don't witness it. People don't yeah, do it I... to me. Um, and so it, it, but I, I mean, I grew up seeing, grew up with that just so much that it was just commonplace for me as a child. And, and then seeing that it just triggered this thing in me, this sense of, like it, all of a sudden, I, like I felt small, I felt kind of weak and 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 and, and vulnerable and, and kind of helpless. And I kind of turned to my friends and I said, "Like, look at what they're doing!" Like, and I was I was like I was quite rattled. And they went like, oh, "They don't they don't know any better, you know? Don't don't mind them, and you know don't 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 care too much about what they're doing." But I couldn't help but feel so rocked by it. And I and I, that's when I realized, oh my god, this. This kind of thing has never left, and it brought up all these old feelings. That, you know, it kind of made me go back to like my ten-year-old self. Um, and I thought, okay, this stuff doesn't leave you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's fa that's fascinating. So, such a sort of obscure moment, clearly uh, an impactful moment, and yeah. and and ludicrous that these people were doing it really. I mean, you, you kind of see stuff like that depicted in a film or you read it in a book and you kind of go, really, did people actually used to do that? And, and as you know, you've just said, yeah, they did. People and apparently still do it. <laughs> people still do it. Exactly. And you just kind of go, hang on a minute, 21st yeah. century. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and, and it, but it, but it's interesting that you were open enough to, to go there to at yeah. least say, Hey, maybe there's stuff here that we need to deal with. And I, and I love that you're, I don't know, you're raising the questions for me as the viewer as well, right? As a storyteller, you're telling your story, you're working it out on film, on paper first, and then on film, mm -hmm. but you're helping, you're helping me as well, <laughs> right? To work through that, which I think is just so beautiful. You know, we're getting close to having to wrap here, but maybe we can kind of come to come to the end of, of our time together today on the show. Did you think that the film Rice Boy Sleeps was going to have what appears to be, Anthony, quite a universal appeal? Not just people saying, hey, we love your film. This is beautiful. This is brilliant. But but actually way deeper than that. Did 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 Were you considering that? Did you think about that as you were as you were creating writing? Oh God, no. Oh God, no. <laughs> I was trying, when I was writing, I was trying to write something that hopefully some people would be crazy enough to want to invest in so that we could actually make the thing, you know? I, and then when we we're actually shooting and I was editing, I was going, oh God, I hope this is a watchable movie. You know, I did think like, oh, there's some special moments in this. I think it looks beautiful. I think this, this might work, but then it was, it wasn't until it was actually fully finished and we had a few people in the industry um, see it and go, this is, there's something going on here. Um, this could work. I think, you know, people said like this could resonate with a lot of people, but it wasn't until then 
I mean, honestly, I probably didn't even believe it then. Right, I'm sure you, you didn't. Know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm still just going like, is this really happening? Yeah, or? what's going on around yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, it's so great. I'm so glad you were able to join us on the show and we were able to share with you a little bit of that of that joy and celebrate with you again. Congratulations. Uh, Rice Boy Sleeps is the name of the film. Look for it, watch for it. You're going to hear more about it. Uh, it's coming out in 2023, right? Theatrical. We don't know where yet, but but... It will. Yeah, we're yeah, still figuring will. all that it out, but it still, definitely will. At it some definitely point will. In the so next keep, year. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Anthony, thanks so much for hanging out with us on the show today. We've been talking with Anthony Shim about his beautiful new film, Rice Boy Sleeps. Thanks for your time uh, tonight, Anthony. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to On Point, and my name is David Peck. <laughs>